morning, good morning. So here we are. <laughs> this is the last week of our uh, month's theme, Reveal Our Common Good. I started with Love Finds a Way on the first Sunday of this month, and then we moved to Good for All, right, which was our, our anniversary month. It was the 10th, and last week uh, Jacob was here continuing the theme with his talk, and so today we're going to finish up the theme with Be Great in Act, and you've heard that quote in today's quotes for the meditation. It comes from a Shakespeare play, The Life and Death of King John. The play, I think, was written around the 1590s, but it wasn't published until uh, 1620-something. I don't remember exactly the date, but it was about the reign of John, King of England, from 1199 to 1216. And the reign of King John of England was filled, you know, with intrigue and, and, and espionage and infighting and illegitimate offspring and power plays and religion. It was like, it was very Game of Thrones. <laughs> It's very Game of Thrones. And it was a lot of going back and forth between King John and, and Cardinal Pandolf, who wanted the king to uh, acquiesce to the demands of the Pope, blah, blah, blah. You know, it always goes like that with the English kings. Apparently, they were, they were resentful of a papal authority throughout history, I guess. It wasn't, wasn't just Henry. Apparently, all of them didn't like it. Anyway, so the cardinal, you know, leaves the scene, and in walks uh, Philip Falconbridge, who is the king's nephew's illegitimate half-brother <laughs> gets convoluted. But he walks in and he starts talking to the, um, to, talking to the king, uh, this, this Philip Falconbridge, who is also known, well, never mind. I was going to say he's also known as Philip the, you know, illegitimate son, but that's not the word they used. You know the word they used. Okay. So he says, he says, but wherefore do you droop? Why look you sad? Be great in act as you have been in thought. Let not the world see fear and sad distrust. Govern the motion of a kingly eye. Be stirring as the time. Be fire with fire. Wow, that's good stuff, right? That is like really good stuff. He's telling the king to be the king. You know, he needs to be in alignment. His, his words were, were strong. His thoughts, his acts need to follow that, you know? And, and, and so that's what, that's what Philip is telling him. You know, King John spoke in strength. What the heck is going on? Here? Shall we just, shall we just, okay. This, because this one keeps making noise. Okay. Let me just throw that back there. All right. So, so, so what, what he was saying basically was, he, you know, King John had strong thoughts. He needs to follow it up with strong words, strong actions, you know, because the play focused on the divisiveness within the country. And that divisiveness can be just as destructive to the country as an outside invasion. And that's really what the play was about. In the end, Philip, the illegitimate son, said, um, he reflected that the whole episode of the play has taught him that internal, this internal bickering can be just as perilous to England's fortunes as a foreign invasion. Because there was a lot of in-house back and forth and, and, and splitting up and divisiveness and, and it was all from in, within. It didn't even have anything to do with the invasion. The invasion didn't even happen, right? It had to do with the inner workings. And haven't we all been there? 
right? Doesn't the call always come from inside the house? <laughs> it's always the internal struggle that we are, we are, you know, caught up in. Everything starts on the inside. The only enemy we have are our own fears and doubts and judgments. Everything starts from the inside, and then the rest of the world reflects back to us our own thoughts and fears and doubts and judgments. And we go, aha, see, I told you I was right. But actually, all the universe is doing is reflecting back to us our own thoughts of fear and doubt and judgment. You know, we live with fear in our heads. We perceive a fearful world. And the world is not a safe place for us. And when we live with doubt in our heads, we can't trust, not even spirit. And when we live in, with judgment in our heads, we can never measure up. We are never good enough. And so fear, doubt, and judgment, these three liars are destroyers of many great intentions, noble goals, and inspirational ideals that we have, aren't they? Right? These three liars, judgment, doubt, and fear, they're the killers of dreams and desires and plans. And just like in the King John, just like in that play with King John, it is that inner conflict. It's the inner conflict that is way more damaging than anything that can come from the outside. That's why when our thoughts are great and our words are great, and then our actions are great, we are in alignment. When our, when our thoughts and our words and our deeds are all going in the same direction, we are in alignment, we are powerful, we are unstoppable. When we live with fear in our heads and we perceive a fearful world, nothing goes right, does it? I mean, nothing goes right. But when we know the truth, nothing can go wrong. Nothing can stop us, you know. In Hebrews 13, when it says, so we can confidently say the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Wow, that's strong stuff. In Timothy, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. That's the truth of who we are. We are greater than any condition that we can face. And in John, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. That's amazing. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not imperfect in love. You know, and even the Course in Miracles says it, right? The Course in Miracles says the opposite of love is fear. But what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. And the Course, therefore, can be summed up very simply. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Everything that is truth, every scripture, every writing, every sacred book, Every one of them speaks to us to say there is nothing to fear, right? Every one. They are absolutely, absolutely unified in that. And that's what Ernest Holmes did. You know, they called him the great synthesizer because he read from, from philosophy to philosophy, religion to religion, compared all of them across the boards, and he pulled the truths that wove themselves throughout all of these great uh, thoughts 
And that's one of them, that there is, their God is the love to which there is no opposite. Everything, everything speaks to this, that there is nothing to fear. And then we stand in the dark and we tell ourselves ghost stories, don't we? To frighten ourselves. We do. We do. It's like I don't, when the horror films, you know, it's the same thing, right? We gather together in the dark and we tell ourselves scary stories, ah, you know, so that we can frighten ourselves. We, we look into the shadow and we think that that's truth somehow, but it isn't. We look into the darkness and we scare ourselves with what if, right? What if? We imagine all sorts of outcomes and we frighten ourselves into not moving forward. Not moving forward. And, and you know, it, it, there's, there's a side to that, right? If we don't try, we can't fail, huh? right? <laughs> but we can't achieve either, right? We don't try, we don't fail, but we don't achieve either. So it's up to us to feel the fear, to lean into it, to expose it for the fraud that it is, and to push through it and do what we dream. Do what we dream. Doubt. Doubt is a killer. It creates confusion in our minds, doesn't it? Oh, this could happen. Oh, no, no, but that could happen too. Oh, but oh my gosh, I never thought of this could happen as well. But what if, but what if? We're all over the map with doubt. Susan Kasem said, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Because we can fail. And we pick ourselves up and we try again, right? We'll try a different way. We'll try a different method. We'll, we'll go a different route. Hmm, we stay positive. We concentrate on solutions instead of difficulties. We stay optimistic. We stay in the possibilities. We stay in the realm of possibilities. We can fail a million times, right? The story of what's his face in the light bulb. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> I just lost it. Edison, thank you. <laughs> Edison and the light bulb, right? What did he say? What did he discover? 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. But, but the failure, you know, they, they didn't mount up on him to the point where he's like, oh, I guess I shouldn't do this, right? No, he just kept going. The failure didn't matter. He only have to succeed once. But it's the doubt that crushes the momentum. Oh, what if this is the wrong thing to do? Oh, what if God doesn't want me to do this? How many times have you, have you lied to yourself with that one? Right? When things start getting heavy or when things start getting tough and you go, oh, well, maybe that's not God's plan for me. I'll just go over here and do this. Right? No. Sometimes when things get tough is when you have to get tougher. Right? You have to just keep doing it. We imagine all sorts of things. We imagine all sorts of ways things can go wrong. And, and what happens is we can stay in the, in the momentum of the possibilities or we can allow doubt to crush that momentum. It puts the brakes on many, many great ideas. And Ernest Holmes said this. He said, no matter how many thoughts of doubt enter into our minds, let us brush them aside. I love that. It's so airy, right? There's nothing there. Let us brush them aside. If we do this, we shall soon discover that through the spirit within us, we will meet every doubt that enters our minds with a greater faith. We shall meet every confusion with a deeper sense of calm. We need to take every time to every we need to take time to do this every day, to start and end our day with a sense of peace and well-being. And that dispels the doubt. That banishes the doubt. We replace it with our faith. 
And you know, the same is true with judgment. The same is true with judgment. It's really interesting. I was reading Matthew 7, right, where it says, judge not that ye not be judged. Judge not that ye not be judged. And then, of course, the second line says, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So, interesting, interesting little part, right? Interesting little bit of phrase. That first line for me is crystal clear. Judge not. That's it. Don't judge. That's it. Nothing else had to be said, did it? Nothing else had to be said after that line. Judge not. Don't do it. Real clear. Don't do it. But then it goes on to say, eh, but we know you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> right? We know you're going to do it anyway, so here's the deal. With whatever measure you judge, it will be, you will be judged. Right? So the passage tells you directly, don't do something, but then it tells you what's going to happen when you do. <laughs> what's going to happen when you do? Now, that, that to me, just, you know, it's like, that's just like a great line, and you know, you know karma's a inevitable outcome. It's an inevitable outcome. Right? I'm being so good. You judge others, it comes back on you. Because everything is a reflection. The universe is a reflection. The universe can only reflect back to you what you truly believe it to be. And so when you're judging that, it has to come back on us. Everybody's doing the best they can, you know? And so, so really, honestly, we need to just stick with line one, judge not. And that's it. And just leave it at that, you know? Keep our eyes on our own paper and not worry about what the other guy's doing. Ernest Holmes said it is not our, oh, this is in Lessons in Spiritual Mind Healing. It is not our business to run the entire universe. But we do have a perfect right to run our own environment. Nothing can hinder our doing this but doubt and a limited concept of our relationship to the universe. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely right. See, I'm getting the support over there. That's a hallelujah if, if ever I heard one. Amen. It is the truth. It is the truth. Nothing stops us but our own self-doubt. Again, fear, doubt, judgment. Those three liars. The three musketeers of staying small. <laughs> Fear, doubt, judgment. We have to banish them from our consciousness. Just banish them in order to, to evolve beyond our own self-imposed limitations. We have to push through fear, doubt, and judgment so that we get to live our authentic life. You know? And, and here's the thing. Our individuality is our authenticity. We're all here. We're all unique, individualized expressions. No two of us are alike. You have never been. No, don't worry about it. It's adorable. You have not been before, and you will not be again. There will not be another you. There's seven and a half billion of us on the planet, no two alike. And you're here for a reason and a purpose, to bring your own gifts and your own authenticity and your own delight, delightful nature, your own authentic self to the scene. I'm not here to be perfect. You're not here to be perfect. We are perfect in that we are lacking nothing, but we're not flawless. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And, oh, you know, gee, if I had to be perfect up here on the platform, I would have flunked that years ago. <laughs> you know, I'd, have been, I'd, been, I'd be, you know, out. It's not about being perfect. It's about being authentic. 
I have messed up more times than I care to tell you about. So we're not gonna go down that road right now. But, but what do we do? We apologize, we make amends, we move forward, we hopefully wiser, right? For having demonstrated unskilled behavior. And we're better for it. Sometimes we learn way more by messing up, don't we? Than by doing everything perfect, you know? And, and it's true, I am here to be my authentic self and to give everybody that walks through these doors permission to be their authentic self with all of their skilled and unskilled behaviors, with all of the highs and lows, with everything. This whole big, lovely, amazing, and messy ball of humanity that we are. And it's all God stuff. It is all God stuff. You know, I mean, hmm. Book of Daniel, right? I, I, I can be weighed on the scales and found wanting. Right? If I were if I were to be judged up here. But you know, that's just that's just being judged. And what do you care what somebody else thinks? Right? What was that book by Terry Cole Whitaker, right? What you think of me is none of my business? Right. I'm just being my authentic self, you know? And and I refuse to judge and I also refuse to, to be judged, right? I'm not at all interested in who's judging me. It's it's sort of like her book, you know, it just, if I'm not judging, then, then it doesn't fall back on me. Does that make sense? Because everything is a reflection. <laughs> Ernest Holmes said this in the 12 lessons on the absolute. He said, I want you to get over any idea of any attempt at being abnormal. <laughs> eat what you want to eat. Go where you want to go. If the time comes when you feel you must swear, swear. I love that part. <laughs> I've got permission by Ernest Holmes himself, so just lock the doors. It's going to be. <laughs> anyway. And if you feel like praying, pray. That is good sound sense and philosophy and will evolve power. We make ourselves into aping hypocrites and then wonder what's wrong. Do what you want to do. More and more, as our desire admits, more and more of this spirit downloads into you. We make fewer mistakes. You see how that works? He says, open up your whole consciousness and let everything out. You have never sinned in your life. What a great quote. You know, and you know what he meant by sin, right? He said sinning is, you know, it's it just it, failing to meet the mark or whatever. But not sinning in the old-fashioned, old-religion way of that, you know, we're born with original sin on us and all of that. But what he's saying is be your original self. Be the self that you came here to be. Be the self that spirit within you is trying to get out. You know, just, just open up the doors and let your authentic self out to play. Being your authentic self is not a bad thing. You know, revealing our common good is exposing our individuality, and it's vulnerable. I know that. I know that it's vulnerable to do that, particularly in our group, right? You're kind of afraid of saying something. You're afraid of offending somebody. You're afraid of, you know, being rejected or whatever. But would there, what is that old saying about, like, don't die with the song in you, you know? But, but we can't do that anymore. We have to be our original, authentic, genuine selves. And that's our strength. That's our strength, loving what we love, doing what we want, being who we are. 
without the fear, yeah, baby, without the fear of rejection. You know, you love punk rock. I love love songs. Somebody else loves country western. It's all great. It's all terrific. We may not agree on what's the best, which one is the best one, you know. It doesn't matter. We're expressing our authentic selves. We are being individuals in spirit. We are being individualized expressions. No two of us alike. And isn't that grand? Isn't that the best part of being alive and being human and being here? Is to just see all of the colors and the sizes and the varieties and the shapes and the tastes and the, and the likes and the dislikes. No problem. No problem. And here's what else I know. Authentic people do not seek validation from outside sources. I don't have to gain somebody's approval to be my authentic self. You don't have to have anybody's approval to be your authentic you. Look, I gotta, I gotta tell you this. I know it's a big secret, nobody knows, but I am not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> I know, surprising, right? <laughs> oh my God, really, really? But I'm, I, but I'm authentic, I'm authentic. You know, the same, the same patty that you see on the platform is the same patty you'll see in the office, is the same patty you'll see out at the swap meet or wherever, you know? Um, that authenticity is what is spirit living our lives, living through us, being us. I would much rather be authentic than endlessly, endlessly people-pleasing. You can't ever win. You can't ever win. You know, it's just, it's... And for better or for worse, for you know the, our strengths and our weaknesses, and we do, and we rub up against each other, and our our authenticity, you know, some facet of it might bug somebody else, but that's okay. That's okay. I remember Reverend Kathy always saying we rub up our against each other, and and we rub off our rough edges on each other by being in spiritual community, and that's the what it is. But it's not worth trading our authenticity to fit in. Right? There's another old saying about that, right? Why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? You were yeah. born to stand out. And that authenticity, that uniqueness that you bring to life that nobody else can bring, that, that feeds the whole of, of humanity. Your being authentically you is a gift to the world. That is our common good. Our common good is each one of us showing up as our authentic selves. Not trying to be a, a cheap, cheesy imitation of somebody else, but being our authentic selves. Man, I would find it exhausting if I had to be different people in different situations. I wouldn't be able to keep up. Who am I this time? Oh, God, you know, do you hear people that say that? You know, when you go to them for advice and they go, I don't know, well, which hat you want me to wear? You want me to be the friend hat or the boss? I was like, no, I just want you to be you. I just want you to be you. That's revealing our common good, being our authentic self. That perfect, whole, and complete being of spirit that you are. You are already whole, perfect, and complete. You came that way. You came into form whole, perfect, and complete. Because your spirit, there's nothing else true about you but that you are spirit. And your spirit just revealing itself in all of its glory. Hmm. Our superpower is the truth that we are all unique that we are all individualized expressions of spirit. No two of us alike, and that is our good. And that good is the good for all of humanity. Ernest Holmes, in Words That Heal Today, he said this, we are hypocrites if we try to give what we do not possess. 
This calls for terrific soul searching, a complete inward healing. By the same token, wherever we have first healed ourselves, we shall be able to help others. If we are free from the blight of fear, we can help others to their place of faith. If our whole consciousness responds to love, our presence will automatically heal hate. That's what we're here to do. See, letting our authentic selves out to play, we will heal the world. We heal the world by just, by just opening our hearts, opening our consciousness, being that authentic person we were meant to be. We heal not only ourselves, but we heal the world. It is our inner work that heals our wounds. It is our authenticity that heals the world. Let's go out and do the healing. Yeah.